Okay, here we go. The Ben and Maggie Show. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio the dial. Ben and Maggie Show. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and laughs. Go. Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show. And as always, sponsored by Dr. Robert Leonard and his Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the greatest in the industry. It really works, huh? Placing your hair. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You look like an ugly lady. And Dr. Matthew, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> really? That's a lot. the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. I'm going to hug you. I'm Greek. By the way, our guest tonight does not need the services of Dr. Robert Leonard and Dr. Matthew Lepresti of Leonard Hair Transplant Associates because he's not only hairy on his head, he's hairy his entire body. I'm hair farm. I'm a he's, hair farm. He's like, you are. You're like a hair farm. It just keeps coming. It's Fred Smurless, everybody. Hi, Fred. Hi, everybody. How are you? Mike, you haven't seen you in a while. Ben Kitchen, you've met. We've talked. Yes. I've never met this kid before. Well, you didn't work yeah. at EEI when he worked at EEI. You look different. Yeah, nose we, tackle. we have met. Nose tackle. At EEI. I was hiding behind Big Andy. He was Andy my co-producer. He lost like 70 pounds. He did. Uh, he, he lost did. more than that, I think. He did Awaken 180. Uh, we should get he looks like a, a palm tree. He's all, get me out there. <laughs> you got to eat. How you been, though? Not too bad. Yeah, you're, you know? you're still doing stuff. You're still very, very active. Yeah, good stuff. We have the steakhouse down Rhode Island. They have the... Uh, we do the tailgate show. Yep. We do tent. We do the tailgate down at the at the Patriot Stadium. We have all the people at one one eight seven seven Pat's fan because we have the big. Do you like that, huh? We have the big. Uh, um, what do you call it? the uh, pot um, camp? Um, what do you call it when you go to the Patriots game? Tailgate. 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 Yeah, that's, that's what it's called. Tailgate. We go to tailgate. So I do the, <laughs> yeah, we do the post game after the. Uh, I do it. Fat boy Ordway and, and Steve. Yep. So there's no air in the room. Yep. And then I uh, and who, a, who of those two guys who farts the most? We're smoking cigars. Oh, so that, that's why <laughs> it's a fart killer. Cigars. Uh, those are big things, and of course, uh, Fred and Steve's is huge, especially now in light of the fact that gambling is. I mean, that that's got to bring a lot more. Well, people. it's it's sports gambling. It brought a lot of people. Plus, the hotel opened up, so yeah, the casinos open twenty four seven. So people that like to gamble a lot will go, stay up until like two in the morning, sleep for two hours, shower, and come back and, and gamble some more. So, yeah, steakhouse great. is doing great. We had great numbers. That's good. You know, I've Steve's been there and good. It's awesome. Steve, it's an awesome steakhouse. Yeah. It really 22, is. Uh, why don't you, why don't you have another one? We were going to have another one, but what happened, the guys that initially built the place, the guys from the Kershner group, they got um, bumped out. So they had two or three other ones in the uh, in the works. In the works, huh? But then there was another casino that failed, an Indian casino up by, I forgot where it was. But they were great. Kershner group, they owned the, uh, a place in, in Vegas. They owned the, uh, the um, uh, what do you call it? The, um, I can't think of the name, but a place in Dubai. Mm-hmm. And the, so they own places all over the world. And they built the... Casino, not the not the Foxwoods, the other one, the, the Mohegan Sun. Mohegan Sun, and they got six percent of the gross for twenty years, and they were grossing about a billion. So they built casinos all over, and they they the in Atlantis. You ever hear the Atlantis? They advertise all of over. Of course, yeah. yeah, they own that. They were billionaires out of South Africa, Jewish guys out of South Africa. Great, great guys to work with, but they got bumped out by look at people now Rhode Island. Buddy Stutzelini. No, you know they no, did. They, they I did, don't even know, buddy. They ran a I great o- that operation, that, that they <laughs> left a few things open, and they didn't agree on it, so they moved on. But it's great. So, just for people who are just tuning in, who don't know, who aren't hip to the the Fred Smurless legacy, I want to give them a little update. You you can comment on any of this because it's about you. Take your Mikey. <laughs> and then we're going to have an arm wrestling contest, okay? And you have I, two arms? Because I'll <laughs> rip the other one off. How about that? 
<laughs> the three of us versus you. Right, that's it. We you won't believe this, but I used to the, uh... do curls with 315 pounds. <laughs> no, I, 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 we that believe finger. that. We, we do believe that. Now, I want There's to pretty much anything I, you could say <laughs> weightlifting-wise that we believe. I've had all kinds of, you know, I had all the nerve transplants because my arm, like through thousands of hits on the big fatties, I didn't get as much uh, punishment in the head because the offensive lineman is trying to get his head into your chest. Right. right. I'm trying to get my hands into your shoulder pads so I can control you. So, uh, consequently, the cal- calcium built up right around where the ulnar nerve is. Yeah. It started crushing it, so I lost the feeling in my hands. So they take the nerve out, and they put it through your forearm. That, to reestablish the nerve That's feeling? Right. What happened is the nerve... The so p- you can knit and stuff when you well, get home? It's like having no feeling in your hand. Well, you know yeah, what you would miss, Mike? Don't you? <laughs> Those baths are... Not when you're please. knitting. Um, <laughs> what happens is you lose feeling. And so I lost this hand, 80% of the use of my right hand. But, you know, this, broke this, my these injuries probably head. go back to when you were like a, a, a wrestler. In, uh, in, uh, those Waltham. matches didn't last long. My junior senior, I pinned everyone <laughs> under a minute, except for four guys. So, what was your? Let me ask you this, because there's been a lot of rumors about the numbers, the actual numbers. What was your high school wrestling record? You were all American. I was two time all American, junior and senior. We didn't have as many wrestlers. I think I was seventy five and all. We don't now. They have like a hundred matches, but I had I pinned everyone in the first period in the state New England finals. I pinned the Rhode Island guy in forty seconds. But what happens Were is... Were there parents there? The other, your opponents? There was only one guy that I, that really wanted to kill. I was up at, we were up at um, Keene, New Hampshire for the New England's my junior year. And he's walking around. He has his robe thing on and all his medals and his hair's combed. Right. He, they had signs, we'll get you smoked. And I'm like, so he hadn't won a match. He lost a match all year. So him and I were against each other in the semis. And I pinned him in 20 seconds. I shoot a high crotch the on him. A metal guy. I shoot a high crotch on him because that was a good shot. Single, double, high crotch, blast. I hit a high crotch machine, you pivoted, I lift him, cradled him, and pinned him. And he got up, I go, you just weren't that good. No, and then he was and low, I usually low crotch. I usually don't point. do that, but he was being a douche. <laughs> so taste taste the, the you know, venom of so, the, the original Greek freak. Give or take, 75 and 0. Somewhere in there. Yeah. But I don't, I, was it one kid I didn't know, I hadn't had a point scored on me only twice in two years. And, la- and my senior year, were in the, I was the MVP and the outstanding wrestler in the New, in New England my junior year. So I pinned everyone my my senior, and I got Moose Haja. Moose Haja, I, he was undefeated, and I beat Sounds him. Sounds like they, a disease. He was covered with hair and smelled awful. But I was – so I beat him the year before. I high crotched him and cradled him. He was like 310 pounds. And they're like, everyone was like, whoa, you picked a guy up and cradled him. But when you get leverage on him and yeah. you get a movement, it's a lot well, easier. Every time I've tried to high crotch anyone, <laughs> it's usually in a bar and I get slapped. That's right. And you're not, you're not trying to pick him up either. Yeah, she gets pissed. So I, I, I said to the coach, I went to lateral him. And I wasn't a good lateral, so I lateraled him. I was a speed guy. I lateral him right on top of me. Yeah. And I lay on my back. 310-pound guy is on top of me. I arch my back, spin out. Now I'm down four to one. Right? The coach is Pale. I go, Coach, don't worry about it. So second period is 18 to 4, and they disqualified him because he wouldn't move. Not going to try that again, homeboy. I'm spitting <laughs> on top of you. I know Ben had wants to ask Were you about wrestling? why the wrestling career didn't. Yeah, I was, I was wondering why, um, you know, di- or if you did even give any thought to, like, actual like professional wrestling when you were done with your football career. It seems like there was well, plenty of money to be made for it, you. I mean, natural. It would have been. There was the um, – the the uh, the coach for the Olympics was uh, was wasn't it Al Peckham? I forgot what his name was, but he was always following me around, wanted me to go into the Olympics. He said I was the fifth best heavyweight in the country, including college heavyweights. That mm-hmm. my when I was in high school, 
And I said, you know what? It was this would have been nineteen. He wanted me to go to the eighty Olympics, which we missed, so mm -hmm. I didn't. I said, there's no money in that. You know, it's a lot of work and there's no money. If even so, if I make the pros in football, I had a chance to make money. So I right. made that decision. But I, I did wrestle a guy who was third in the world. He was out of MIT. He was six six six, three hundred and twenty pounds. <laughs> I beat him like a redhead stepchild. <laughs> we wasn't but, fast. But enough. what about like the no, like the, the showbiz the, the, the version? WWF. Why, why didn't was that ever a thought? It process? was. You know what happened? Not not because I, because that was it wasn't real. Football was real. Yeah, you know that right, was. Right. But that but was. The money lot, is real. But it wasn't great back then either. It was football. All right. But I was going to hold out one year, and we talked to um, my agent. I talked to the was it still um, what's his name. Vince McMahon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was his dad. It was a long time. It was like 1982. Yeah, it would have been they, his dad. They were a little apprehensive about football players coming and doing it because of the anger issues. You know, it, it's this click. You ever talked to John Hanna? Oh, sure. And you're still alive? As a matter of fact, listen, we're, you and I are going to talk about when John Hanna crashed into the radio truck down at Foxborough when you and Glenn and I were on the air. Do you remember that? Uh, no, I don't. You I'm and sure me? Sure, that's not a... No! <laughs> you, me, Hello, and Glenn, we're, we're, you, Glenn and me, how do you say this? Glenn and I Glenn and, and you I. were in the truck. We were doing a live broadcast oh, from geez. the street in front of Foxborough. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, crash. Somebody hits the trailer, and we said, someone just crashed into the trailer. And then, boom, the door opens. It's John Hanna. He drove his truck right into our trailer, our remote trailer. You don't remember that? I can't, I can't talk the mic. That's not my mic. Let it go. Yeah, you can hold it. How can you I not, can't hold this How thing. can you not remember that? Mikey, I think you remember things that haven't happened. You were there when John Hanna did. Anyway, so you were going to talk about John Hanna maybe as a, as a potential John wrestler. Hanna. <laughs> so they should have detoxed a lot of the guys at the end of their careers. I remember getting a guy beep his horn at me, and the next thing you know, I'm chasing his car down the street. I get out of my car, and the kid's in the back. And it click, you know, you turn into that. Is it some kind of road rage? No, it's just particular rage. Just rage. <laughs> so here's the funny part. So, you know, the guys, the young kids that come in, and they have their little pretty suits on, you know, I, 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 I'm from Clemson, I went there, I'm from Alabama. We're sitting there going, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to make your life miserable, Right. So you used to have six to eight weeks of double session, and you're just pounding the crap out of these guys, and a lot of them quit. And and the big thing that happened nowadays is they don't have hard training camps anymore. So you got a, a pretty guy with a suit that's beautiful, he runs well, and he catches the ball. Like, oh, He's a right? star, superstar. Yeah, so no one's pounding his head in. The old days, you were pounding your face in camp, and if you survive that, you're going to make the season. So a lot of these guys are slipping in, and tough guys – so the, make the, the players were tougher then than they are now, is what you're saying, in essence. Well, there's more. They had to be tougher, right? But the other, the, the kids that weren't tough got filtered out. So the guys that made the league back then are tougher than the, some of the guys that make the league now, just because of the evolution of the uh, evolution of practice. You don't practice anymore because in practice, I mean, you're pounding. We had double sessions for eight weeks once. Yeah, yeah. My buddy came in and he drank a bottle of a, Marv a, did that to you. No, Ma was just eating fish and doing up-downs. <laughs> it was Hank, the, Hank the, uh, the vegetable bullock, we call him. He was, it was amazing because he had one brain cell, and he could talk and move his arms at the same time. <laughs> the dumbest human being God ever put on this earth. Now, for people who don't know, uh, 11 years with Buffalo Bills. 11 years two, with Bills. Two with the Niners and one with one the One with Pats. the Niners, two with the Pats. Oh, okay, other way around. They brought me in to take Michael Carter's place. Yeah. And they, uh, 
What a bunch of good guys. Except for Charles Haley. Charles Haley should have been put in a mental hospital. I'm not joking. Should never have been allowed to be in a locker room with people. I've heard the some vile, disturbing stories about him. Even even uh, uh, Mike uh, Rice, right, took a fire extinguisher and almost whacked him with it. This is the guy. I come in there. I mean, he was a vile. Mild-mannered Jerry Rice? Jerry Rice is a sweetheart. Montana, all those guys are great. That guy, I don't think he messed with Montana because, you know, the owner of franchise would, yeah. would have whacked him. But Joe was a great guy. But Ch- Charles should have been put away. Now they joke, <laughs> now you take your medication. Yeah, you're good. If the some of the things he said to people, right, it's such a vibe. He come up to me and goes, hey, how much you make? I go, I'm not telling you. Why? Because I'm black? I said, no, because you're an asshole. <laughs> Let's simplify here. He would, I'm not going to say all the things, he would do vile things in the meeting room. Things you would want to be seen doing. Re- really? Until you smoked a so, couple bones. So he should have been in an institution. No, really. He should have been institutionalized. Should have, because now they gave him all these times. He calmed down. He was bad to women, bad to men, bad to black guys, white guys. He was just a vile human being. Yeah, that's nasty. Except of Jim Burke beat the crap out of him. No, you, they you, called him Sluggo. I saw a list. It was done by some pretty reputable people uh, as well. Of the Because no one ever goes into these surveys, generally speaking, when it comes to linemen. The top three nose tackles of all, uh, the top tw- 20 nose tackles of all time. And you were number three. Curly Culp was ahead of you on the list. And then some guy. Uh, he was from 1957. I saw that one. But there was a. So Curly Culp was not really a nose. He played both. I was a lot better than he was. But he was the first guy. So I'd give Arizona him. Arizona State guy, right? Yeah. Good guy, tough guy. But he was only about two, probably 260. You know, I played at 300 pounds. I don't think I was blocked by very many guys. Stevenson, who was unbelievable, but I was the four had more t- more uh, Pro Bowls, more games played, two hundred games played, more uh, consecutive starts, one hundred fifty-seven you... consecutive starts in the most violent. That's position. the most incredible stat. And of those all... guys were mean. I would distract them by putting, some, uh, you know, beef jerky on my shoes, <laughs> and they'd beat me down. Plus, you're playing nose tackle. Hello, it's one of those positions where you get beat to shit. But you have to beat them to shit. That's right. So in the NFL, if, if you don't give the guy back what he gave, right? I remember Howie Long was with the Raiders, and he comes in the locker room. Howie was great because he was my recruit out of high school. And he comes in, sits down on his helmet in our locker room right before the game. He says, got to watch out for Alzado, who wants to suck a puncher, because Al Davis made a film of the nose tackle that had to be stopped. I had to be controlled in order to win and get in the 3-4, and, and I was a pretty good play, so... He had double D Dalby. I was going to play, but he was smaller. He was only like two sixty, two seventy, mm-hmm. and how, and how he tells me he goes, "Be careful, beat out of his brains," you know. Yeah, yeah. And watch out for Alzado. I said, "I'll keep an eye on Alzado. I'll knock that dude out." So I go. <laughs> the thing you always lacked is confidence. Knock the steroids out of him. <laughs> I, you know, April but isn't quickness key to that though? Quickness. Well, there's a lot of things. Quickness. Of 300-pound quickness yeah, it, right. is better than 250-pound quickness. But speed times weight. So if a guy takes two steps and he's 350 pounds, right. it's a lot of weight. Yep. If I can hit him before he moves, it's just mush. Right. So I had very quick hands. I'd get hands-on guys. You it's know, physics, uh, you know. That's right. So if you, but the big thing is in the NFL, and I think it's everybody's big, everyone's strong, everyone's fast. It's the, and this is what Tom Brady does better than everyone on earth. For his position, the reading of what's going on and the reaction time from brain to hand to ball out, right? Mm-hmm. Some guys see it, then they go, <laughs> right? I can't throw it out. So I can, if you, I two gap, very few people two gap, they, they get a one gap, which means one side of the shoulder, one gap. 
there's, you know, what, the right side is even numbers, left side is odd numbers. So in a two-gap, I got both sides of the center. And if he steps hard to my right, I get to beat him, and he knows where he's going, and yeah. he knows the cap. And you don't. So I'd practice for hours in the summer with my lovely wife. She's 110 pounds, and she would do snaps. <laughs> so, behind, this is how I used to practice. So the big thing about is reaction time with the brain to the hand. So I'd have her on the other side of a, of a, of a, um, a, a metal fence. Snap the ball and make a quick movement left to right. So I'd film my leg from behind. So when that ball's snapped, I'm coming, move. I got to push with a backside foot, step with the front side foot, pivot with my hips, and jam that shoulder. And I'd film it as quiet as lightning every time. So it would go visually. I would do it, and I'd do it right. by the count. So it's like being how, a quick draw artist with a right. gun. Is that you? You have to that, that first movement but is the, the key. key. Is if I move with the sh- the shoulders and the st- the foot pivots, I'm dead because right. no leverage. That foot has to step, plant, and push. So you have to do it each way, and you have to read. If it's a down block, a scoop block, a scoop block means the center's trying to get around outside wide on me, and the backside guard is trying to chop me to get the the linebacker out by the center. So if I control that nose cat, that, that center, that linebacker is free. So when I was playing, they had this little kid, Jeff Wright, when they – Traded me, and that's a long story. Chuck Dickhead is the guy that did that. But anyway, he was a one gap little 270 pound puff, puff, you know, puff pussy. And <laughs> that's yes. another part of the story. So what he, he couldn't two gap, but he he could he'd make sacks because he'd run around the block. So if you run around the block, you make two tackles or whatever in the backfield, but 15 tackles go by you, and the linebackers get killed. I get called from the linebackers from Buffalo telling me, you got to come back. This guy's getting us killed. And when they went to the Super Bowl and the Giants, a little Jeffrey got killed for 116 yards. That's right. So he can't two gap. Ha- if you're going to play a three four defense, you got to two gap the three guys. So they each the end the, tack- the nose tackle and the other end take on w- both gaps so they can occupy the guards. Therefore, the linebackers can run. Was it was it true in San Francisco that they were going to allow you to play uh, fullback in the Super Bowl coming off injured reserve? Who told you that? I read it. The internet, it's everywhere. It's true. You read it on the So <laughs> when I got there, I, of course. I, I got traded. I was in, you know, I was angry. I ripped the crap out of Buffalo because when they traded me. Um, so I had never missed a game except for 10 years, right. every game. 16 starts every year. Every year. Every, in, in preseason and, you know, practices. So I had a scope, another scope, before I went out there. I got there, and they and they said, uh, you know, just practice to your speed. I, I had just had it done the week before. Because two years before that, I had a scope on Monday, and I practiced, and I played on Sunday. And so I went per- – okay, He's an animal. So <laughs> yeah. I, I get out there, and I and I weigh in. I'm like, you know, 305, whatever it was, and, and they're doing practice. He goes, geez, you look pretty quick. They film all this stuff, but it's only – you know, no pads. So in my tiny brain, I said, wow, I'm just going half speed. And wait, they see me now. And I said to him – if I think I look quick, didn't you watch me on film before you traded for me? <laughs> so, uh, so I go out there and I go full speed. You know, and I was just full speed is, you know, showing what you have. Next day I woke up, my my uh, knee is the size of your head with no hair on it, wow. right? It was a balloon. So I had to go back, went to see Dr. Will- Zarens, a phenomenal doctor, scopes it. He goes, you con- con- a, a, a chip of the bone, you have no cartilage. And I said, how long does it take to heal? He said, it doesn't. You either drill it, you know, let it bleed, you know, you're 23 hours in a movement machine, or we'll clean it out and ride a stationary bike for, you know, a couple hours a day with no weight. 
so the movement helps move it down. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of bombing, and my wife goes, just snap out of it. Do it best you can. So I went every day, and I was practicing. I was riding that patient by two hours in the morning, an hour in the afternoon. So three-quarters of the way through the season, I'm the knees back, and I'm kicking shit out of everyone in practice. The coaches come up. It was Seaford, and it was um, – Yeah, Seaford, yeah. And um, uh, he's a real good guy. He coached uh, the uh, Green Bay. Um, Holmgren. Holmgren. Great guy, and he for some reason like I was di- I was different. I was an old time guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was one of those guys that, you know, his kind of you reap what you sow. Right. You know, you sow with me, I'm going to reap on you. <laughs> so anyway, a couple guys in practice, you know, said, "Man, don't make your, don't try and make your name on your, my, my ass." I said, "Ass face." I already made my name. Say it again, <laughs> I'll smash your head in. Right. So <laughs> there was no, you don't take any of that crap. But they were all good. so they sat down and said, "Listen, you're doing great. We're thinking about activating you." I said, George, you don't have to tell me anything. You paid me good money. I'll do anything. I'll paint the building. I played offense and defense in practice. I did everything. I ran. So they go, we're going to activate you on Tuesday. I said, I don't care. I said, just. I said, okay. So Wednesday, I'm sitting in my locker, and they both come up. and goes, you can see we didn't activate you. I said, I don't care. <laughs> I said, I, I'm going to practice. If you need me, I'll do anything. So <laughs> they didn't. They said two guys complained. We were like ten and two at the, at the time. We don't want to wreck our record or whatever we were. I said, fine. So, anyway, it gets to the playoffs. We're going to play the Giants. And Buffalo's playing the, Ra- the Raiders. He says, if Buffalo wins and we win, we're going to let you run the ball. In the Super Bowl. <laughs> I said, let you run now the that, ball. I like that. Yes. Now, they were really good about it. Refrigerator Perry, I mean, who you know, Mike Vrabel, and some of the people that come in – well, defensive not, but he's not big. But he's no, he, but I mean, he is half Greek. When they give the, the defensive guy the opportunity yeah. to do something like that, that's uh, I actually hit the fat boy in the stomach with the helmet. Which fat boy? The fridge. Fridge. He's a good guy. Yeah. So we were at the, we were preseason and I hit him right in the belly with the ball and it fumbled. My head got stuck in his belly button. Really, they had to pry it out. <laughs> and no. you heard an echo. <laughs> Still hearing that echo. There was an echo going on. Yeah, you've been decorated by Boston College, your alma mater. You're in the varsity uh, special. Uh, you've been decorated by the Buffalo Bills, right? The Ring of, uh, uh, what's it called? The Ring of Ringworm? Yeah, Wall of Fame. Ring of Fame. Wall of Fame, yeah. I, they, it's good. Everybody calls good. it different. Those had to be big moments for you. Well, the... You know, you look back, and I was lo- very boisterous, like the Aussie. Not as much of a thug as he is, but and and, and it and it hurt me. I was the number one rated defensive tackle in the country, and 144 tackles in defense. They audible away from me, so I'd stand in the middle, and when the linemen get up, I would move because they were setting away from right, me, right, steering away from you. And I was very, very angry. And I'm so one coach come up to me, it's assistant coach. So I've never seen someone not get blocked. But it was. I found out it was easy to intimidate a lot of the college kids. Mm-hmm. I would say they were like, they were like gumdrops. You just chew them. <laughs> well, you, you were what six four, two ninety. I, I played that at that time about two eighty because they wanted us lighter. Yeah, rookie Jimmy Rook. They had him down like two forty five. He had this the guy we had for coaches was, was a meathead, but. So I'd get in the game, I'd run by him and say bad things about his mom, right? Then drive him, uh, knock him over, punch him in the throat, right? And then, then run by. But really, no big deal. No, but this is this is in the game because <laughs> they're very soft, right? All of a sudden, I said, "I'm kicking the shit out of you. What are you gonna do about it?" You know, some of right. the we're gonna and, throw the ball away see, from you. The more the more I could see that working, the more I used it, and so it looked more violent on 
film than it really was. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, kicking someone in the balls or stepping on them and that stuff. Intimidation, real it or works. imagined, works either, anyway. Yeah, so, you know. and then I remember the worst one was Villanova. That <laughs> I got hit, three guys pounded me to get up. And uh, there's like 30 seconds left in the game. And they were talking trash. They were triple seeming me. And the kid gets down, he looks at me with a smirk. 25, 23 seconds left. <laughs> Uppercut him, hit him right in the throat and drove him onto his back. Jeez, he's probably wearing a helmet too. I'm Maybe so. So happy I wasn't better at football <laughs> right now. It, but that 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 era was different. You know, when I first got to the the Buffalo it was different. You know, I've probably fought every day in practice because you have a the best athletes in the world, big, tough, and I was not going to give them an inch. Right. And right. then my fat black friend Benny Williams, who is Benny Williams, the first black player. To get taken in a black football player to go to uh, uh, Mississippi State, first black player, nineteen seventy three. They were not allowed before that black people. They, he, they came in with armed guards, and this guy was a badass guy. I really respected him. We're best of friends. He's having some dementia problems now, but pulled me aside and said, "Rookie, you better slow the fuck down. You're going to get us all killed because the offensive line want to kill us because I'm punching, we're fighting, and those different things." And he said, to, "So." It, so I, he mentored me. I showed a lot how to play and how to do, do different things and not get everyone pissed off and things like that. So the NFL, though, is interesting. If you know, you've got to know who you mess with because there's guys that you can work on, especially rookies, you know, especially guys I don't like. But then there's like a John Hanna. Is he the toughest guy? Well, I would – John Hanna before, before the game, I'd go over and feed him and give him napkins and – you know, teacups and <laughs> give him massages, no extras. <laughs> so that's just you to don't make him, just to you don't want to enhance piss. his mood. You don't want to piss him off. No, 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 no. no, no. He's badass, isn't he? He was the. There's a, there's a couple guys who were, were beyond anybody else I've ever met. Stevenson, Dwight Stevenson from Miami. Yeah, he had to redesign how I played because I was a big man when I when I came up. I was the first big nose tackle, and the centers weren't, and I was kicking the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. Then a couple mysteriously got quicker, about a, uh, got bigger in about an hour and a half. I said, I don't know how they did that. <laughs> Stevenson was lightning quick. And then there was John Hanna. And now we'd do overs and unders. So you'd go over according to formation where you think you're going to run. So over means I'd go from s- s- the nose guard to the, r- to the r- guard. You know what I'm saying? So yep. I'd go from g- center to guard. And there's John, and they said, they want you to read him. And he'd come off the ball 80 miles an hour, six inches off the ground, with fluid coming out of every orifice of his body onto you, <laughs> and screaming like he's going to... He's better than advertised. He's, he would go those spouts with Randy White. Yeah. He killed him. Absolutely killed him. Wow. So John and I had some good battles. I, I, when you're playing up on him and they want you to read, you really got to... You've got to play like it's goal line because you got to neutralize that forward motion because yeah. he's coming, man. And he's got those pistons pumping. And and vehemently every single time with the same kind of intensity. But the th- scary. But the intensity was one thing, but his ability to block. He'd come down on a tag block. So I'm a nose. He tag blocks me, which when he bumps, when the center hitting me, when he bumps me, then the center takes control. He comes off and gets a linebacker. I'm watching film once. He hit the linebacker, knocked him pirouetted, like a ballerina or that wants to kill you, and he goes and gets the safety. I'm watching this going, got to be shitting me. Jeez. I can yeah, that's he crazy. Was, but he was better. Cause and, and, you know, it's a shame that he didn't have more uh, credit and exposure. That's because he was 
He wasn't friendly to people like. No, he he's not. a one. You met him. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, you know, he's still alive. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so am I too, which is really <laughs> hide behind that rug. But I, I love the guy. I talk to him all the time. Yep. I go down. I, he's down the farm. He says he's doing better. But he should have monster you know, though. Monster is. A, he a, wasn't a, even super big, but he was an athlete, man. Yeah. Like like you never seen before. And then like the Stevenson, Munoz, you know that yeah. guy. And uh, you know some players. I asked one time. I I asked Sam Cunningham. Sam. This is back in the seventies. Yeah, I played against him. Uh, who Good who guy. is the nat? Who's which guy do you not want to see? You got the ball. You're trying to go th- run through the line. Who who's the last guy in the world you want to see? He said, "Oh, Fuck Jack this. Lambert." I just that quick. I said, "Oh yeah, that really he, yeah because that guy will bite you." <laughs> no, he would. <laughs> you know, find your leg in the pile of people and bite it. Dracula and cleats. He was um, a good. We became good friends. We're in the Pro Bowl, my first year there. I was only the second year in the pros, and he called me a rookie because I hadn't first time in the Pro Bowl, so he made me get the beer, and I had to get the cooler, and I'd bring it to the stadium, and afterwards we'd drink beers, it's Jack Lambert, Mike Webster, you know, it's, it's <laughs> Earl Campbell, and there was, you know, I took me, Joan Green's place, and, 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 and so Jack says one day, he goes, let's, let's change positions after, you know, at, during a game, I'll yell something, you come back here, I'll play Lyman, <laughs> so oh, that sounds good to me, so anyway, during the week, he's Gastineau's there. You know, Gastineau was 290 pounds, ran a 4.54. They talk about these stupid robots that run because they're all pretty. Their heads are staying down. They're really fast. And so he throws Jack's playing catch with the kid. Bing, 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 right in Hawaii. It's, it's 100 degrees out. We've been drinking for four days straight. So I don't feel like practicing. And so Gastineau takes the ball from the kid, and he throws to Jack. Jack doesn't move. It hits him in the chest, look down, and Gastineau looks at him and goes, Hey, Gastineau. I'm not impressed. Anybody can run up field all fucking day and only make two sacks. That's shit. And walked away. You know what Gasso did? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Fred Smurlis, five-time pro bowler. Three times alternate. Being in Buffalo, losing. <laughs> uh, but I got to just take a brief moment here to describe uh, the the benefits of visiting Dr. Robert Leonard. Now, I, we've mentioned Fred is a great head of hair. I could ben give Kitchen you some hair. has beautiful hair. Let me see your hair, Kitchen. Uh, Smitty, well, Smitty's working on a thing. You're a better-looking guy. I was working, no, on, a, I was working on a monk just look. Just joking. And I, <laughs> I called 1-800-GET-HAIR. Uh, no, I didn't. Actually, I just... You weren't bald. You, I remember you were not as good-looking. You look pretty. I am. I'm getting handsome by the day. That's right. You know, I'm, I'm going reverse. Mm. Uh, for those of you that are really seriously, though, losing your hair, it's, you don't have to. you got to call 1-800-GET-HAIR. Get a free, no-obligation consultation with Dr. Matthew Lepresti or Dr. Leonard himself at one of his six New England offices, and uh, they will restore your hair using your very own hair. What, what it kind doesn't of hair? Hurt, it doesn't even hurt. Like, if it. you get excited, did the hair pop up? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got it. They got it off a of porcupine. Uh, yeah, of uh, I was thinking about the porcupine, my friend. Yeah, you know the difference between the porcupine and the and the uh, management of Weei. What? The, and the porcupine, the pricks are on the outside. They said that about the Mercedes, right? <laughs> Freddie, let's talk about Steve Diossi for a minute. He's your buddy. He's your partner. Actually, I met him. I was his truant officer when he was yeah. in BC. <laughs> he's he's amazing. I remember when he we had his birthday. We went to Bill Parcells on on Diossi's birthday with the tape on his working at NECN. And we said, well, "You want to have a message for Steve Diossi on his birthday?" Mm-hmm. So he goes, "Okay, are you rolling?" Yeah, they're rolling. <laughs> and Parcells goes, "Hello, Beach Ball." <laughs> he says, "You know why I call you Beach Ball? Because you're big and you're round and you're a whole bunch of different colors. Multicolored. Happy birthday! Yeah, happy you're big birthday. and round and multicolored. <laughs> multicolored." <laughs> Uh, but Steve Diossi is a very funny, entertaining guy, yeah, right. a BC guy, but you didn't... You, you, Steve, you know who he is? Goodwill Hunting. 
Middle Goodwill Hyundai? Yeah, sure. Highest SAT scores in the city. Grew up, grew up in a housing project. Tough, 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 tough guy. 280-pound guy. He, he could have been 290-pound linebacker, but they wouldn't let you be. Very light in his feet. Very good basketball player. I mean, the guy, a great guy, but he, people don't realize this guy was, was highest SAT scores. Right, I took him seven times. I added him up, and then I passed. <laughs> <laughs> no, what a great guy! Very intelligent. Loves to write the paper. Probably the greatest arguer on earth. He, we argue about every single. I know thing. he's good. He's I, good. I used to Keeps come on uh, necking all the time. But he one time was on the radio with me at EEI, and listen to what he said. I don't know if you know he had this skill. He said, "I can catch cherry tomatoes in my mouth. He can sixty yards away in the Heisman pose." I said, yeah, this is on the air. I said, you're, you're dreaming this? You're so full of crap. So I took a camera crew, and we went to Alumni, the Memorial, what's it called, the BC Stadium. Alumni. And I started at 30 yards, and I threw him, and he caught every one. And then I said, okay, 50 yards. And I'm throwing these things, and he's catching them in his mouth, and he pops them out of his mouth, and they're not broken. Somehow he catches them in his mouth without breaking the cherry tomato. So I said, this is stupid. I, went, I climbed to the top of the stadium. Threw it as high as I you could. Did. He's under it like Willie Mays under a long fly ball. Like he's, and then it hits him in the gullet, pops it out, unsplit. It's true. I have it on tape, and I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get that tape to you because it's unfucking believable. We'd do that at the on, on the air during breaks. I'd throw grapes and he'd catch them. I thought he was bullshitting me because that. I thought he just made that up. He actually did it and proved it and. For him, I, I respect him for that. Very talented guy. <laughs> respect him. Plus, he kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, he hit me so hard one time. I was I, there. At the big show. Yeah, yeah. he whacked you really hard. He hit me in the arm. I felt my teeth shaking on the side of my head, and he was just punching me in the arm. He's a 295-pound guy. I know he's I hit Felga like that once. So you two guys go on your motorcycles, mm -hmm. and uh, does anybody ever, like, you know, want to pick a fight with you two pussies? Not often. <laughs> the bike's 900 pounds. Right? They're big, big bikes. But uh, we, we're, we're careful drivers. Plus, there's a sidearm on. Usually, that's right. That's right. a deterrent. There's, there's also that. There's I, also I would that. just look at the size of the fist and say, now, nah, I'm all set. Now, before we, we, before we wrap up, face. we want to thank Freddie Smirless for coming and doing this podcast. Is this it? it was a long drive I, I do have Sudbury. another question, though, real quick. Oh, go ahead. You I want to talk know. about my uncle. Oh, oh yes. i got to get to that. Go ahead. You go first. Well, I wanted to know what is more, what was more physically and mentally mentally exhausting, draining, whatever, you know, your decade-plus in the NFL or your 20-year friendship with Glenn? <laughs> I think, you know what? It's it's not very fulfilling being with Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> it's very stressful. <laughs> no, I, I think Glenn wins that one. <laughs> oh, right. man, it's a virus. Your company is a virus. It's going down the hill. Come on up. Come on my house. It's 70,000 square feet. Remember that house? Yeah, but he, got, but he still has a cape, the house on the water. Ugh. He got bounced out of WEI. I thought it was totally. And, of course, then they bring him right Love back. Love him. Because, I hate him. The guy knows how to run a show. They bring him back. Of course. And the show he goes to goes number one. Yeah. He took and put Holly on with him. Bombs. They put Holly on with Dale. Bomb, 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 bomb. <laughs> right? Uh, and they always knew he'd land on his feet with, well, that is once he realized that he actually had feet. <laughs> The host. <laughs> but the guy is talented. He's doing, he's doing a great job. That was the dumbest thing. The big show was number one. I know. For 17 years, and some brainiac decides to tell, well, I don't want that yeah. number one. We're getting tired of that. And we're on AM. Right. 
And Fell goes on FM. We would have kicked his ass. We're still ahead of him. I uh, know. Well, they, oh, their answers to all their problems is to bring back the answer that they moved out to make That's the right. problem. Let's go back down to number 12 yeah. and work our way back. Although I will say this for them. I, they have shown good judgment in not asking me back because I would wreck that fucking place. No. It's just that they couldn't find you sometimes. <laughs> Why is Mike in the closet? I was going to ask clanging about, to the walls. Do you, do you take a lot of shit from people because you're an unabashed Republican conservative? I'm a centrist, centrist libertarian, uh, but What's centrist you, in this state, because it's not. It's I've 80%. been audited five times. I had a lot of people come up and threaten me. Really? I'm 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 a right wing, gun toting, meat eating, cigar smoking Christian. You know that silly Christian guy? I believe, and I believe that you you have rights. I believe that you shouldn't have have a mob t- mentality taking over the streets. I'm a strong believer in the NRA, right? If you, this is why we're not run by mobs because 170 million of us are armed. <laughs> so I love the accent when he says that. So if you come we're to armed. my house, 100 people protest and start breaking the windows, I can defend myself. And I've had a gun license since 1979. Zero gun crimes, but committed by registered gun owners. They lie about it. They were going to invade us during World War II. The Chinese, Japanese were going to, and someone said, they're all armed. Don't land in Texas land because they'll shoot the hell out of you. Right. That's what changes us. We can have a tyrannical government and still have the ability to defend ourselves and make a change. So we all, that's, one of the, that's why we have the Second Amendment was the second most important because you can protect the First Amendment. And now they're banning words. Right, they are. If a fat guy comes by and you call him fat, oh, that's not fair. Well, he's fat and bald. <laughs> I have hair on my neck. I he's braid fat. the ears. I mean, he's fat. But this is what it's not the it's not the good words that you're going to worry about. It's the offensive words that are protected. And, and now they're slowly but surely. It's how the person means what they're trying to say. Well, how what, how do they mean that? That's what's. But also, I, I almost threw up when I heard this. <laughs> the wonderful pediatrician who said, "We just let the the, the, the uh, what's the governor from uh, Virginia." Yeah. Take the baby out. You clean him up. Give him a sandwich and a cigar. Make him comfortable. Make him comfortable. And then kill the little bastard, right? What? Yeah. I almost threw up. I said, That's a tough me? one. That third, third uh, no, trimester. No, it's out. It's, not, it's out. It's, can't say it's inside. The corn's out and everything. I know. If you have had children, and mm-hmm. I was really, not crazy, but I was really not giving a shit. If you want to fight me, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to clubs, guzzling. Just didn't care. Because I was in this thing, and I met my wife, brought me back to Earth. I haven't been the easiest guy to get along with. You know, you get a 300-pound guy that's a all-American wrestler. I was a boxer. Yeah. I've been 500 pounds. There's a lot of things that tough to defend with, but she's fast. Stays away from my strength. <laughs> I mean, so, you, weirdly, you, you and- when I had my first child, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, my heart's on the outside of me now. Right, right. It would, changes everything. I was the playground goon. I'd go with my little two-year-old daughter. I'm 320 pounds, and this little kid's go sliding down the slope. It's a slide too quick. I hit him in the chest. I go, my daughter's still on the slide, <laughs> and he's four years old. Watch Mommy! Out. I go, get your kid off here. My kid's out. <laughs> I protect my kids. I'll protect your kids. But when I had a kid, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It's a kid. It ain't a seed. That's right. It ain't a fetus. It's a human being. It's a fucking kid. It's a- <laughs> what are you thinking about? I'll kill you if you want to. It doesn't make any sense in this to kill born babies. I know. What? I mean, I, me too. I, I've said this in the earlier podcast. They should take all the people who desperately want to have a late-term abortion and have them meet up with the people who desperately want to adopt and do a deal and just, you know. It's easy. Fix that. But someone uh, said this. You know how 
Someone said, we can make uh, abortion retroactive and kill people, <laughs> kill uh, prisoners. <laughs> make it retroactive. Now there's an idea. When's a kid viable? It, when right. he's 25? <laughs> right. It doesn't have to Isn't kill. that exactly what I said when we were first talking about I this a couple so. weeks ago? I think you But did. it's inhumane to have a baby come out sitting yeah, there I agree. and kill I couldn't agree more. I, I can't even think about it, to be honest with you. Now, you have a son named Zach. So I'm Zach. He went and to Brown. Diasi has a son named Zach? They both went to Brown. That, Zach was a heavyweight state champ, my son. He was an all-state football player. What's he was, going on? He was a player of the year in Massachusetts. It's, it's a good name. It's a strong it name. It's Smurless, a, Dendros, my uncle. Fine, but I want to ask you about somebody in your family tree, and it's a tree. Uh, this, is a, this is either folklore or reality. I want you to shed the light on this it's for us. It's Greek, but genetically different. His name was... <laughs> we have more... He was, he was wait, called wait, the we tree. Have more, we have more taste buds in our tongue than any other ethnic group. You know that? Is that right? Sounds right. <laughs> I like food. That's good. All right, the tree is dendros, which means tree in Greek. It's your great uncle? Great uncle. He was seven foot tall, 350 pounds. They have a big article in the 83, I think it was 83 um, Sports Illustrated. They Famous have in Greece. Well, he killed, a, the, it was invading Turks. The Turks were vile human beings that invaded Greece, you know, and kept the slaves for a couple hundred years. And he killed the, the group that was invading the Single-handedly, it became like a folk law. Yeah, like but his hey, Ghost Bill or something. Or, yeah, you know, thought, Paul Bunyan or something. Yeah, Paul Bunyan and Superman. But he was a big, strong guy, and, and my family wasn't big, but my we had great athletes. My father was an All-American from Rinch Tech, yeah. basketball player. He was a starting guy. But wait a minute. Stay with the tree for a second. Well, this Why did they the, call him the tree? He, did he rip up trees? He rooted trees with right. his bare hands. See, that's what I read. That's right. And he also <laughs> he also... Was supposedly pulled the tail off a mountain lion. Lion. So Dendros was very busy, but my that's I, a dick move. My uh, ripped <laughs> his dick off too. He needed the floss. <laughs> yeah. He had an itch and he needed a tail to rub his back. <laughs> so, but because my Yaya was four foot three, she's very. She wore black and, and you know wanted to kill Turks like in the uh, big, you know, the Greek. What do you call it? My big fat Greek ma- wedding. So, do you see that movie? My no, big you I, never I'm seen familiar it? with it. I never saw it. Yeah, of course. The grandma had, was in the movie with the uh, gutala, a yeah. spoon, and wanted to kill Turks, and they had to keep her in the house because it came over. Here's a little lady, all black, can't even see with the wooden spoon. I don't speak English. They grew up in a housing project. But, but he was a freak, you know. And so when I came out at 19 years old, I was 320 pounds and six foot four. And in Yaya's, I could put a drink in my Yaya's head, you know, so it's. <laughs> Where'd that guy come from? <laughs> Dendros. The kings of Dendros. He, 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 didn't, the, he didn't fall far from the tree. No. Uh-huh. You see how I wrapped that, that up? That was in a pretty nice funny. Package? Is that the end of the pod? Yeah. Well, well you know, we, we, yeah, we all have to go home. We have little children. You have home. Well, I have little children. You, you, know, you have big children. How big is Zach? Oh, Zach dropped. He was 270, about 400 pounds, but now he dropped down to like two. He's trying to lose. He's w- just a little guy. Yeah. My son, Zach, George, was a wrestler. He was an athlete. He played football. He goes to Pre- uh, Providence College. So and you have a daughter? My lovely daughter, Katie. She does film work. She goes, she's been on set uh, for different films, and, and she goes for commercials. She comes home once again. I can't tell you. It's right before the Super Bowl. But I have this commercial. I can't tell you anything. So the Super Bowl comes, and that commercial with uh, Tom Brady with the rings and everything, yeah, yeah. that's the one she was at. Oh, cool. But they filmed all, everything separately. So she, I said, did you say hi to Tom? He goes, yeah. He, he, he waved to me. He, Gronk came up to one when he did one with Gronk. He goes, how's your father doing? Because Gronk grew up next to Vic Rooch, one of my, my best buddy in Buffalo. And he'd come over all the time and hang out with the girls. Yeah. So I knew him a bit. He's a nice guy. But Cater's had all those commercials. 
Tom Brady comes in. Oh, yeah, they're protecting him and stuff. He's really handsome. I like oh, him. that's great. So those are your three. Three. And you have your lovely Greek wife. That's correct. Chris. Chris Smirlis. And she, Christy. And, uh, she was Kafalis. Happily ever after. 22 years I've been married. That's beautiful stuff. 22 we, we, years. We, we really appreciate seeing What's you. I haven't seen you in so long, and it's just great to see you. Great to see you. Uh, it's, uh, the amazing Fred Smirlis. Don't ever change, buddy. Ah, my wife wants it. It's not the smell. <laughs>